of a silent retreat and I have decided to record a podcast before I leave. But realize right away that I might have a problem. My podcast consists of conversations with Gabriella and guests. But who's my guest today? I mean between guests. Yet I get this inspired idea to do this recording following a call I received on my way here from my friend and spirit mother, Judy Whitson-Scotch, a remarkable woman whom I will interview hopefully sometimes in April if the stars align. Judy is about to turn 90. Happy birthday, Judy. Doing a podcast episode with Judy would be a highlight of my life. This woman had a profound effect in my and my daughter's life. And every time I speak to her, I'm bathed in an expanded state of utter joy and love for hours. So she called me and she said, are you okay? Yes, I think so, I said. Why? Well, said Judy, I dialed Alzena's, my daughter's number by mistake, and I just got off the phone with her. And she said, mommy is off to a silent retreat for a few days. You silent for a few days? Something must be the matter. We both laughed. Indeed. What is the matter with me? It is quite an experience to not use your voice for a few days. No words. It is quite beautiful, actually. I found it very healing and rejuvenating. Then I found myself by the beach, writing down a few thoughts, which ended up being a whole mini-story, like a synopsis of what the Course says. And I had an idea. What if I shared this with my audience? Would this be okay? Although I started this podcast being inspired to bring it together for advanced students of the Course, you know, people who have been at it for a long time and may appreciate hearing from some of our greatest teachers that are still among us. I realize that realistically, probably my audience is quite diverse, heterogeneous. So, to give a mini snapshot of the Course's main teachings may not be such a bad idea. Besides, I'm at a silent retreat. What better time to reflect on this and do this in peace than now? So here it goes. What I'm about to share with you is a story spread over 669 pages of the text, 488 pages of the workbook for students, and 92 pages of the manual for teachers from ACIM. A Course in Miracles is a course in a shift in perception. Its message is very simple. Love which created me is what I am. Lesson 229. You will know with the point of view of the Course as the pathway for you. We all merge eventually towards ideas that speak to us in ways we can accept and understand. For me, this is the way. I think it is good to have a practice that questions your thoughts and actions, that inspires you to be a better version of yourself. And if you find that 
I'd say to you, stick with it. Rather than move from one practice to another. Because that may distract you from doing the actual inner work that we all need to do no matter our practice. Because in the end, no matter how good the good we seem to be experiencing here, while appearing to be in a body, we all eventually come to a point where we say to ourselves, there has to be another way. Eventually, everyone comes to realize that this is not their home and want to know their way back. Practicing this course is a way of getting there. And none of us are left behind. Indeed, when I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. Lesson 134. Like my friend Gary Bernard writes in his book, Love Has Forgotten No One. No one is left behind. No one is excluded. This course does not differentiate between you and other people. Everyone here is the same, on the same spiritual journey, whether they know it or not, whether they like it or not, because none of us are at home here. Our identity is pure spirit. It has nothing to do with species and what species we are. We're all aliens here. This course is a means to be helping you have an experience which in the end brings you home where you never left. Spirituality is when we recognize that everything here is an illusion. So the course gives us a spirituality and a series of mystical experiences when we practice what it says, where over time they act like light posts to help us find our way home back to God, where we never left. I'd like to start with a prayer. The introduction to lessons 361 to 365. This holy instant I will give to you. Be you in charge. For I will follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. And if I need a word to help me, he will give it to me. And if I need a thought, that would he also give. And if I need but stillness and a tranquil open mind, these are the gifts I will receive of him. He is in charge by my request, and he will hear and answer me, because he speaks for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. Amen. The story I'm about to share with you never happened, but it appears as if it happened. It appears as if I'm here talking to you and that you are there listening to me. But it never happened. It is part of the grand illusion. ACIM has established a non-dualistic as non-dualistic teaching because it's predicated on the idea that there is no separation. Only God is all there is. We say God is and then we cease to speak 
There's no otherness, no thereness, only oneness. Perfect love, which is God. And into eternity, where all is one, notice the present tense, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. So the story goes. Within all that there is, it appears that this tiny mad idea is carved out apart from God. It is a very innocent thought. It is like when you go to sleep, you know that you're you in your body, you close your eyes, you're getting comfortable, but between that moment and falling asleep, between that moment, before getting caught up in the dream, there's sort of like hmm, a transition. There seems to be something or an appearance of an action that supposedly projects the dream. Like a hidden projector that starts rolling the movie you're about to watch in the movie theater. But you're still safe in your bed. You didn't travel anywhere. That is why the Course says you travel but in dreams while safe at home. You don't know exactly what it is. You don't fabricate the, the dream. You don't make it. You don't mean it. It sort of just happens. Although you can't really say it happened. It appears to have happened. Although when you come back from it, you have no evidence of it happening. Except for your saying. Let's say that it is something, although it is nothing. It appears to have happened. First you're in bed, you're getting comfortable. You know that you're you. And somewhere along the line you're asleep. And in that sleep, a situation appears to be unfolding that you think it's real. And you respond to it as if it were real. Although in reality, it never happened. It was only a dream. Back to that transition process, the appearing thought that appears to have occurred, but it never did. It's referred to as the tiny mad idea in the Course, or we refer to it as consciousness. It is conscious of something, appears to be conscious of something. To be conscious of something outside of oneness, there has to be a separation, there has to be a split. Perception only exists when there's an object and a subject. When there's no perception, there's perfect love or oneness or God state. In perception, I can perceive an eye, a room, a chair, a window, a beach, an ocean. This is the world of projection and perception. This is the world of separation. This is the seeming world of the ego, 
Why seeming? Because in reality is nothing. Not one note was missed in heaven's song, as the Course says. It doesn't exist. And something will never come from nothing. How can something ever come from nothing? It's absurd. <clears throat> the ego is a thought, an observation, if you may, in the mind. The brain is not the mind. In that moment that this appearing thought appears to show up, it's like when my daughter appears to fall asleep and I touch her shoulder and I go, sweetheart, wait a minute. Don't go to sleep yet. Wait. And I can bring her back because she's not gone yet. She hasn't fallen asleep. So in the moment that it appears that the thought of separation has occurred, meaning that the ego's thought system is born, in that wait a minute moment, when I can still bring back my daughter from falling asleep, the correction was also given. The correction is the Holy Spirit as the Course teaches. Holy Spirit is the memory of God's oneness. The ego is the belief, a thought, a mind wandering, that I'm separate from everything. And the Holy Spirit acts as a reminder that this is not true. The Holy Spirit is my highest mind. We all have access to it, equal access to it. So when the tiny mad idea supposedly appears, the correction for it is also instantly given. Isn't that beautiful? Now, the only place where I can undo this tiny mad idea is in the mind, only in the mind. And this is so important. If in the mind, the decision maker, that is us, chooses the Holy Spirit, the world and the tiny mad idea disappear. The nothingness becomes what has always been, nothing. And what is God, eternal, expands forever, can never stop from being, being one. So for the sake of exemplification, because in reality, there's no ego to assume this motivation to. The ego mind, the tiny mad idea, which seemingly separated from perfect love in order to hide, it projects. It projects a dream. This world. The cause is now in the mind and the effect is the world that we see out there. Yet, the world is not coming at me, it's coming from me. But I perceive there is a world out there. My boss, my accountant, my lawyer, my kids, my in-laws, my co-workers, the presidents of the countries, aliens. With this projected world, the mind now can be distracted. So I now have a choice. Ah, but ideas leave not their source. Lesson 132, what does that mean? Thoughts cannot leave the mind that thinks them. 
I seemingly have a tiny mad idea, the ego, and I project a world of perception. But the ideas that projected my reality leave not the ego mind. On the same token, of course, the separation never occurred. I remain one with God. For God could not be God without all there is. That includes you and me, and I could not have possibly left my home with him. But a tiny mad idea creeps in that I did. And I can laugh it off because it never happened. It's absurd. Or I can take it seriously. And it seems that I did. So for the sake of exemplification, we will stay a little bit longer on this idea of the projected world. Projected out of sin and guilt because seemingly I left God, so he must be angry at me. So I project a world outside of the mind. The only purpose of the dream is to keep the mind distracted from itself and put its attention someplace else. And now the mind is distracted with the dream, identifying itself with a person, that individual that I think I am. So the purpose of the dream is to keep me distracted from the cause. That is why ACIM never asks you to do or not do anything in the world. Because all that would do is to keep the mind distracted from the truth. That is why the Course teaches, seek not to change the world. Seek to change your mind about the world. What you do attests to what you believe. Or the world you see is the outer picture of an inward condition. Or, or that sickness is a defense against the truth. We might as well say weariness is a defense against the truth. And as the Course says, the world is very wary. So which, which truth am I prevented to look at? The truth that Yeshua came to deliver 2,000 years ago. That I'm one with God, my Creator. And that none of this projection ever happened. That a dream is dreaming me. And that everything I do in the world keeps my mind distracted so that I forget I have a mind, the only mind I have. The only mind I have is the mind I have where I never left. That is why the Course brings me back to question my point of view, my perceptions, my, my, my ideas. It keeps bringing us to lessons like nothing I see means anything. This vase does not exist, this person, this street, this shoe does not exist, does not mean anything. Everything I lay my eyes on does not mean anything. Nothing I feel means anything. Nothing I hear means anything. Because there's no one here smelling, seeing, feeling. Because there's no one here. There is no one outside oneness. There is no world. There is no me. There is no dream. I am love, whole, 
pure and innocent. The Course says, you have not lost your innocence. It is for this you yearn. How utterly beautiful. See how simple this is? That is why most questions we have are propaganda for the projected self, the ego mind created. There are no questions. There, these are statements. Questions about the projected world should be addressed at this level only of the projected world, not the level above the battleground of the ego level. Questions about the projected world make no sense in God's world. The only way I can wake up from this dream is to withdraw the meaning to everything in recognition that I know nothing and allow the Holy Spirit, my higher mind, to the thinking. And how does the Holy Spirit do that? It speaks to me in ways I can accept and understand. 2,000 years ago, a man shows up called Yeshua. Yeshua was a figure in the dream, which tried to convey to the mind that it, this, this is all a dream. And now he's turning up in the form of a course in miracles, the voice in a course in miracles. Yeshua, of course, is not talking to me or to you as a person, because we're not there. And this is so important. And if you don't get this, you will never get A Course in Miracles. And you're going to try to apply it to the world when it explicitly states that it is not to be applied at the level of the world. And this course will be very confusing to us. ACIM is talking to the mind that is dreaming us. Very important to consider and reflect upon if you want to embrace the teachings of this course. That is why you have to get out of the way. But you may say to me, well, how can I do that when everything I see, I hear, I smell brings the attention back to the person or the identity that I think I am and everything that is happening in the world. Somebody uses me, treats me unfairly, is not treating me with respect. All that this does is keeping the mind trapped and focused on the effect and the dream that is dreaming me. This is where ACIM says, you don't have a clue in terms of what's going on. You don't know the name of the game, but I can help you. Holy Spirit says, if you choose me. And the way I choose the Holy Spirit's way of thinking is not by doing anything in the world, but it is simply by withdrawing my attention, by withdrawing my investment in the world, to that place of silence and direct connection to Holy Spirit. That place where the Course says, I need do nothing except not interfere. 
The miracle, which is a shift in perception, is to be simply be still and trust. And this is how I let go of all my judgments. The meaning that I give things, the judgments of the ego, through the person that I think I am and I trust. This is how the world is being undone. And I don't have to physically do anything. I need not interfere. Now let's go one step further up the ladder and look at the beauty of this. We use the word choose and choosing between the Holy Spirit and the ego's thought systems. But in reality, there's no choosing to be had here. There's no such thing as the ego. Remember? It was a tiny mad idea, a thought. When you wake up, you don't choose to wake up. You wake up. You return to the place where you never left, in bed. To repeat, the thought system of the ego does not exist. It is not true. Meaning I don't choose the thought system of the Holy Spirit because that would imply that there is an opposite, something separate from it, an ego thought system. And I'm choosing between the two. I already chose the ego's thought system. How do I know this? I think I'm here. Huh? Am I not? I think I'm a body. I think there's a world. That implies that I already chose the ego's thought system. But now that I have lost myself in dreaming, what do I do? And the Holy Spirit says, I need do nothing except not interfere. Meaning, I don't choose the Holy Spirit. I simply surrender to what is. And in that surrendering to what is, I'm no longer holding on to the ego's thought system. And that is the equivalent of choosing the Holy Spirit's thought system. I need do nothing. Means we don't have to define problems in the world and then we need to do something about them. That we recognize that the only problem is in our minds. That's where we have to do something about it by choosing again. Another way of saying I need do nothing is to say I need do nothing on my own. Holy Spirit is there to guide me and interpret things in the correct way for me. This means that as we live our lives where we clearly have to do things in the world, we want to do them with a different teacher. Put the Holy Spirit in charge. As I did at the start of this podcast and mean it, in a state of prayer, this leads us to adopt an attitude where by on one hand, we want to be normal in the world. That is, we look like everybody else. We dress and speak like everybody else. We have sex. We raise children. And in the end, what is happening is that our foreheads are serene. We smile more frequently. When the Course says there's no world, it doesn't mean that there are no system of rules at the dream level. 
there are seeming algorithms at, at the level of the dream that have implications. You commit a crime, you go to jail. You're unkind to people, there's a price to be paid. Be mindful of that. That means that whatever we do, we do peacefully. It does not mean that we turn our backs on the world, we resign our jobs, our responsibilities, we leave our families, we don't indulge in special relationships. That would be missing the whole point. But we use them as our teachers in the classroom of the dream world where we seemingly find ourselves in. We learn to forgive and we realize, as the Course says, that to judge is to assume a perspective we don't have. Jesus teaches us in the Course that true forgiveness merely waits, looks, and judges not. It does not pardon sins and makes them real. Rather, it sees there is no sin and in that view are all the sins forgiven. Lesson 68. Love holds no grievances. I would see you as my friend so that I may remember you are part of me and come to know myself. The problem is not with what we do in the world. It's not with what we do with our relationships. The problem is whether we do it under the dictate of guilt or of that of forgiveness. The focus of A Course in Miracles is not on what we do, but on with whom we do it. So we leave our lives as everyone else does, but we shift our focus from the body and the world to the mind. An intellectualization of what the Course says won't do anything to you in terms of helping you wake up, you would still be there where you're at. To leave this world, you have to, above all else, want the peace of God and want it more than anything else. The Course's teachings are about an experience, not about an intellectualization of principles and words, which are beautiful. But if you don't get this, You might as well look for another form of practice that can get you in touch with your natural inheritance, which is love, which is pure, perfect love. This may not be the path for you. We're so enamored with words. Indeed, the Course was given to two highly intellectual individuals in a language that is mainly intellectual. It is written in iambic pentameter, very Shakespearean at times. But the trap is there, particularly for the highly intellectual, to remain at the level of the words and not choose to practice its teachings. In this day of age, we seem to be enamored with words. Indeed, how many people spend their lives not eating food, but eating the menu? Think about that for a while. Not eating the experience of being one with God. That's the food. But eating the words that speak of it. By being right-minded, we teach others to do the same. Not that there are others to teach. 
but because the person that we think we are is projected outward. So we teach ourselves to invest in the undoing of the thought of separation rather than the ego. I can choose peace instead of this. The highlight here is that as ACIM students, we don't stop being normal or act unkindly. When in doubt, in terms of what you should do at the level of the world, ask yourself, what would love do? It doesn't mean that if we're being asked to place the future in the hands of God, lesson 194, that we don't buy house insurance or we don't lock our doors at night or we don't tell a child when they commit something wrong that that was wrong to do. We act normally. You want to advocate for something that you believe? Go ahead, do it. Just do it with the right mind. It means you do whatever everybody else does, but you do it in a different way with a different purpose. Namely, seek, looking for God's peace. And you do it with a different teacher, namely the Holy Spirit, rather than doing it with the purpose of being rooted in the world. Do it with the purpose of awakening from the world. What keeps us here is separation. What makes us leave the world of projection is recognizing that Nothing in this world has the power to take the love and the peace of God from us. And that love and that peace is in our minds. But since we made bodies and we live here in a world of bodies, the world becomes a classroom. And we're being taught to return to the mind where we can choose again. Indeed, the world was over long ago as the course states. There's comfort in that. So we're all here on a journey to awaken from the dream that we don't even know we're dreaming. So when you look at it this way, you realize that everyone here is the same. We're so much more alike than different. And the course gives us both a spirituality and this sense in the sense of our ultimate goal being a mystical experience, an ordered movement, a lifelong process, as Dr. Kenneth Wapnick says. So we're all on the same journey of having mystical experiences which become more and more frequent and act as light posts that indicate we're on the right track to wake up from the dream of separation until we wake up and we're one with God where we never left. And I'd say that if you recognize this, you're probably already on your way to waking up. Thank you for listening. Until next time, be well and take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm.